It's not gotcha journalism, is it? Oh no. <laughs> right, there we go, it should be it. What I need you to do, like, Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Lorimer and welcome to another special episode of the Strathspeak podcast. This week we will be sharing an interview with a Strathclyde lecturer who has been chosen as one of the BBC and Arts and Humanities Research Council's new generation thinkers. Before I tell you more, I'll let her introduce herself. <sighs> Hi, um, I'm Elsa Richardson. I teach in the history department here at Strathclyde. I teach the history of medicine. Um, I've recently been awarded a Chancellor's Fellowship in the history of health and well-being. Um, and more recently still, I've become one of the BBC and AHRC's new generation thinkers. Dr Richardson is one of 10 early career academics to be named a new generation thinker and the only member of this year's cohort who's currently based at a Scottish university. Each new generation thinker has been selected for the strength of their academic ideas and the potential to share their research with a public audience through the media, with the scheme offering the opportunity to make radio and television programmes across the BBC. A wide range of specialisms will be covered by the 2018 cohort, with some offering a fresh look at historical topics such as 18th century masculinity and piracy within the Ottoman Empire. Others will tackle contemporary issues such as commercial surrogacy in India and the impact of globalisation on international film production. Dr Richardson's research examines nutrition, vegetarianism and other alternative dietary cultures, mental stress and gastric disorders in late 19th and early 20th century Britain. She's currently working on a project examining the life and influence of Eustace Hamilton Miles, an Olympic tennis player, author and owner of vegetarian and health food shops following the First World War. Her research will be presented on the BBC Radio 3 programme Free Thinking later in the year. I caught up with Dr Richardson to discuss the scheme's application process and find out more about her unique research interests. <laughs> so, how did you get involved in this project in the first place? In New Generation Thinkers? Yes. Uh, well, it's a, you apply for it, so mm-hmm. you apply through the HRC and you have to write a kind of short, snappy pitch of a programme idea mm-hmm. um, and also submit a review of some kind of arts experience that you've done or cultural experience that you have ex- you've gone to recently. Um, which I guess for an academic is quite difficult because you're being asked to write in kind of short, snappy uh, and non-waffling sentences. Uh, And then after that, the the pool gets kind of whittled down and then you go to uh, one of three workshops slash auditions, I guess. Uh, and so I went to the one in Manchester, the BBC in Salford. Then you spend the whole day and it's a really quite intense, but we kind of really useful day where you, um, again, pitch your ideas, but pitch them to Radio 3 producers, mm-hmm. who then um, dutifully tear them apart and tell you <laughs> where you're going right and where you're going wrong. Uh, you're also given a kind of broader media training. Uh, you have to also take part in a, a kind of live debate. So in the style of, I don't know, something terrifying like the moral maze, uh, in which you are asked to it's kind of like a tag team debate, so basically where you're asked to defend uh, a pro and con for on, on one argument. So for example, I think ours was, is competition a good thing or a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that was, and basically you have to really think on your feet, mm-hmm. uh, and it's quite kind of fascinating and intense and mm-hmm. fun, a little terrifying. And then after that, um, yeah, and then after that, from about a kind of pool, I think of around kind of sixty, go to the workshops, and then ten are finally chosen. 
it was a very long explanation, too much detail probably. No, it was good. <laughs> and like, can you explain a bit more in detail, like the actual research that you're presenting as part of this program? Like, what's your special topic in a sense? So the research that I'm presenting as part of this program is research that I've actually been lucky to get funding from the British Academy to complete. So I was awarded a small grant around this, this time last year to begin this project over two years. And it's looking at um, a chap called Eustace Hamilton Miles, who was a champion tennis player and um, an enthusiast of physical culture. Uh, and he was also the owner of several vegetarian restaurants and health food shops in early 20th century London. So he becomes a really kind of celebrity figure basically around the years of the First World War. And he is he's just this kind of really wonderfully charismatic and kind of quite odd chap who not much research has been done on. And I guess I'm interested in thinking about this kind of, I don't know how you put him, kind of clean eating Edwardian <laughs> as a kind of precursor to some of the celebrity health gurus that we have today. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm interested in him as, in terms of looking at him as a way of getting to the different health cultures of the early 20th century. So thinking about vegetarianism, thinking about these kind of new ways of imagining the diet uh, that emerge with the rise of nutrition as a science in the first place. So I'm interested in looking at looking through him to a kind of broader, broader cultures of health and well-being in the early 20th century. But I'm also really interested in, I guess, the stories that he can tell us about the way that, for better or for worse, consumerism and the marketplace helped shape our views on health um, and our views on um, you know what's good for us and what's bad for us. Mm. Is that like something that you've been encouraged to do, kind of link this kind of historical research with something that is quite, a, I don't know, a kind of prevalent topic today? I think that the BBC, uh, working with BBC definitely helps you to do that better. I mean, I definitely, like, you know, part of the reason I'm interested in Eustace Hamilton Miles anyway mm-hmm. is that I think he has such a kind of resonance with and such a relevance mm-hmm. to um, trends, to ways of imagining the body and nutrition um, in the present day. But the BBC, working with the BBC and the HRC, are definitely, it's really useful in helping you kind of clarify exactly what those links are mm-hmm. and help you articulate them in a way that, I guess, is, is um, that kind of demonstrates the value and usefulness of that research. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's like, important that you're able to kind of like present academic research in a way that's accessible for the public like particularly within like arts and humanities do you think that's like something that's important i think it's really important um i think it's really important and i would say that uh, but i would say a number of things about that i think that it's important to make research uh, relevant and accessible to an audience outside academia you know Mm -hmm. there's no point talking to the three people in the room who have any interest in, I don't know, this strange Edwardian man who was into protein products, you know? There's absolutely, for me, that's not very interesting. But at the same time, I would say that there's sometimes, there's sometimes an assumption that in order to make something accessible to the public, uh, to a broader public, that that then has to become, I don't know, diluted, simplified, um, 
a kind of watered down version of academic research. And that's definitely something that I would not advocate for. I think that um, academics, historians, especially those any anybody working in the humanities, really should be careful not to patronise mm. a kind of broader audience. I mean, I think that we're speaking to a uh, Radio 3 audience, for example, you're speaking to a group of people who may not have expertise in your field, but who are educated, well-read, um, very much capable of understanding the kind of fine nuances of your research. Mm. So I would say yes, speaking to a broader public is good, but no to watering down or simplifying your ideas. Yeah. And you've already like kind of done stuff already like as part of this project, like you've been to like the Free Thinking Festival mm. in Gateshead, so like you need say more about that and what that was like going there and kind of speaking to the public for the first time. <laughs> I guess that one of the things, I mean, I feel fairly comfortable speaking to big audiences. Yeah. Uh, you do that in your job. I anyway. do that in my job anyway. And I think that, you know, perhaps being part of a, being a lecturer is maybe being slightly kind of a little bit of a show off. Um, <laughs> what was difficult was more kind of getting to grips with the ins and outs of you know, radio production. Mm-hmm. So in the lead up to the to the Free Thinking Festival, we had this day of media training. Right. <laughs> and um, which was incredibly useful. So one of the things that happened was you were we were filmed, interviewed on film, on camera, um, and then the the interviews played back to us. And I cannot describe the horror of seeing oneself you know, on the screen and seeing, you know, the weird gestures, I, you know, those kind of odd facial tics, you know, why do I, why am I making that face? So all of that was kind of quite horrifying. Mm. But also I think that what it, it was really useful also. Um, and part of what it was useful for was realizing that speaking in a lecture and speaking on radio are two, you know, different skills, mm. basically. And that, you know, I think that listening to a kind of seasoned radio presenter, you realise that part of the skill of that is being able to speak in this very fluid way without, which I've done a million times during this conversation, without (laughs) pausing, humming, you know, um, using using phrases like the phrases I use all the time, like, you know, you'll understand, uh, do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. These kind of little rejoiners. Anyway, so that was, I think, has been the skill that I feel like I'm still mastering, (laughs) still attempting to master, and one that was required during the BBC Three Free Thinking Festival. Yeah. So being able to kind of give a quite clear and concise description of your project for radio while you have, while you're strapped into a kind of mic and you're also speaking to an audience and you're also, you know, trying not to hum and haw. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, I think uh, my difficulties thus far have been about kind of technique, which I'm hoping to hone. (laughs) But also during the Free Thinking Festival, um, what was really wonderful was meeting last year's cohort of New Generation Thinkers. So this last year's cohort uh, presented, I guess, kind of the finished product of the New Generation Thinkers scheme, which is this essay. Which is uh, read to an audience at the Free Thinking Festival, and then uh, is broadcast as a kind of radio production mm-hmm. in the weeks afterwards. And it was just incredible to see 
you know, how polished they had become. And the essays were just these incredible, you know, incredible pieces of radio, which they had worked on. So the essay, my essay, for example, will be about broadly used as Hamilton Miles. Mm -hmm. So you go in with a topic, but then you work in kind of close, you know, you work really closely with several uh, radio producers from um, Radio 3 who help you to, you know, I don't know, transform your research into something which is works for radio and works particularly for the essay form. Mm. And they were just really, it was really nice to meet them all and also kind of comforting to see <laughs> that maybe in a year's time I might be there too and be as kind of polished and accomplished as they are. So like, how are you hoping that this will kind of like, I don't know, advance your kind of role as an academic? Like, mm. it's like working with the media is something that you'd want to like continue branch out into like, as you go down the road of your career. <laughs> well, it's funny because Part of, I guess, part of what we were asked in our opening interview when we kind of, um, were chosen as new generation thinkers, and we had a little interview to camera in which one of the questions was, you know, why did you apply for the scheme, and what do you get? How do you get out of it? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the rest of the cohort were really kind of articulate in being able to say, I, you know, I, have an, I really want to communicate this aspect of my research to this particular audience or I think this uh, you know, this particular figure has resonance with um, I don't know practitioners in this field and they were really kind of clear about that and I just I think I might have just been horribly honest mm-hmm. and said that I just love radio you know radio is is such a big part of my life and has been since I was really little um, I love it as a form um, and I think that the main draw for me to the New Generation Thinkers program is just to be able to make radio. I mean, what an incredible privilege. So I guess in terms of where I want to take it after the end of the scheme, I mean, I would really, really, really like to, I guess, become more involved with making radio shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of scope in on Radio 3 and on Radio 4 for kind of really interesting, detailed long-form documentaries which kind of offer up this opportunity to really get into the kind of nitty-gritty the real depths of a topic area in a way that i don't think to my mind anyway i don't think other media forms allow for anymore and i think that it would be a real pleasure and a privilege to have the opportunity to make longer documentaries about not maybe not necessarily just about my research but about um, related subjects Listen back to an introduction from Dr. Richardson and her fellow New Generation thinkers on BBC Radio 3's Free Thinking programme, broadcast on the 3rd of April and available for a short time on the BBC iPlayer radio app. My name is Natalie Lorimer and I've been your presenter for this special episode. We would like to thank Dr. Richardson for taking the time to speak with us and everyone at Strathspeak wishes her well in her new role. Please like our Facebook page to keep up to date with our latest news. Just search for Strathspeak. We are also on Twitter at StrathspeakPod. If you enjoy listening to your podcast on the go, all of our episodes are now available for download via the iTunes podcast app. Thank you for joining us and we hope you have a great week.